We are back to the people mover with our pared down party this week on the hapless heroes. Are you going to tell me that squeaky Jim doesn't matter? That slippy Pete doesn't matter? (laughs) Yeah. Hello and welcome once again to the Hapless Heroes Podcast. My name is Dave and I will be your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. And man, is it good to be back on this side of the screen. It's been a little bit since our last in-person session, but uh, we might as well uh, start this uh, the same way we do every time by introing our cast. And uh, since I can't go around a table, I'm just going to go around my screen. And we're going to start with the first one on my right. We have Francesco as the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom. I have a plan. To his right, we have John as Lord Jarrell the Light. Take that, you vile turtle. Are you all right, Bernie? <laughs> I forgot about it. And to his right, we have Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Some arrogant greeting that I haven't said yet. Beautiful. There are so few. There are very few, which is why I don't even remember. And uh, as we left last left off with uh, this group of characters, these are the ones who have jumped on the people mover post combat. So we have to address um, our two uh, who were last with us there. Uh, Zach and Phil both are not going to be with us tonight. So we can sort of just uh, consider their characters to be on a resting, huffing and puffing autopilot for this ride back. Paradil would probably be tweaking his whipping machine. <laughs> yes, lots so so much whipping. Yeah, and Phil, being Hedrick, would be playing music or some sort. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Hedrick is consumed with keeping keeping these people calm as they ride on a sled after not having seen the sky for however long, and now there's zombies and there's bad things. And so, a quick summary from uh, last we left off. Uh, we had a bit of a combat encounter between our main party, um, you know, the hapless heroes of Tal'Doria that we know and love, defending the people mover, ready to get moving against uh, this grand champion of, um, it was a Vecnus champion, wasn't it? About 99% certain of that one. I mean, that's, I don't know, man. You're the, you were, you, it was your creature. We, we evacuated Doppelpopolis. We did evacuate Doppelpopolis, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was an unidentified necromancer sort of uh, leading at least this section, sort of an aspiring champion, maybe not really so much of a commander, as he was doing a lot of rah-rah from the top of this gigantic, um, almost eldritch, awful, bug-looking thing uh, that he was riding across the battlefield, this um, bonework uh Bonework Colossus, I believe it was. Yeah, isn't it Bonework Behemoth? Yeah, that's it. Bonework Behemoth. We're getting old, Which, folks. <laughs> yeah. We're getting yeah. Old. Also, it's been like two months, and a lot of shit has happened in two months. Oh, a yeah. Ends, a lot of outs. New shit has come to light, man. Yeah, with uh, maybe so, one of those things being us recording this from our home still. <laughs> yeah, so like I know where my notes are, but it's... 
I don't really have my process yet. Um, Mr. Black like fell out of the sky and totally speared that guy before uh, yep. starting a full-on Super Saiyan battle in the background. Yeah, we never yeah, even no, really Mr. got Black a proper... Absolutely <laughs> anime battled this guy off-screen while you guys tangled with the larger... Uh, well, at least flashier um, creature in battle. Yeah, it's great. We didn't even have to introduce ourselves to that necromancer. Mr. Black took care of that. We just had to worry about that you know, gigantic, horrible thing. Which yep. uh, Hedrick turned into a much smaller turtle. Yeah, well, a, yes. a snapping turtle, though, because we, we couldn't find a stat block for just, like, a baby turtle. So, <laughs> so we picked the first thing that said turtle. So, uh, yes, this bone orc behemoth was turned into a uh, quite feisty snapping turtle, which, uh, for all of his feistiness, has a very limited movement speed. So um, that sort of was the end of combat there as um, we locked it down. As we were able to just sort of trundle away from this thing. I mean, I'm, I'm certain you guys could have killed it had you saw fit, but this was just way more demoralizing. And as we were running away, is uh, the, the five o'clock shadow still launching telephone poles <laughs> at, at the undead behind us? Yes, it is. And it's, it's a dramatic looking scene with, chunks of undead just getting blasted into the air by this this thing that's essentially like a cross between a ballista and some sort of primitive like goss rifle just firing you firing these mass loads into into the crowd for any of the uh warhammer fantasy players out there think of like a goblin spear chucka just just like they're like essentially like gigantic arbalists or ballistas that just fire tree trunks, <laughs> sharpened tree right. trunks. <laughs> Turns out at that kind of mass and speed, you don't even really have to sharpen the trunks all that much. I mean, that's a good point, but the, the sharpening is more for, um, you know, making a point. There we fucking go. Oh my God. Somebody screen cap. This guy It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like this self-satisfaction on his face was just absolutely a, a a work of art it was fantastic but speaking of works of art um that was yeah the segue is not one of them but, uh, <laughs> so we're uh yeah no i i thought i was going to do something cool and i crashed it into the ground so uh, unlike uh unlike the airship which is still floating along uh just nicely quite up in the air and dragging along the people mover which contains the three of you yeah, so I think that Felix is kind of just, you know, maybe walking around with Jarrell to help people keep calm because Felix knows he's no good at that on his own. Um, pretty sure I also still have the soul of, what was it, Barney or Bernie who died? It was Barney, right? Bernie's still alive. Bernie's still alive. Barney. It was probably Barney. It might have been Barney or Ben. Oh, Ben. It's Ben. Cause, yeah, <laughs> I, have, ben. I have Ben's soul in my soul cage. We can ask him questions. What, what could we possibly want to ask Ben at this point? I don't know. Drell is just wasn't sure if you had any like parting words, or something like that. I know he meant something to you. Um, Drell's Jar- looking around. Are the doppelgangers still with us? <laughs> the doppelgangers. <laughs> <laughs> the automata. Yeah, actually, that's yeah. a good question. Yes. 
Did we save so. all the doppelgangers, or did we just save the people? I feel like we just saved the people, but what happened? Yeah, no, we just saved the people, so the doppelgangers are still kind of there, underground, being besieged, and probably having a really bad time of it. Well, yeah, I was going to say, cause, like, a lot of them were building the, the people movers, so maybe some of them were just sort of cannon fodder for us to kind of get away faster. Yeah, some of them are still being dragged by the people movie. Oh, even better. Yeah, it's it's... I'm trying to think in my head, what is the most comical scene here? And I really think it is like, you know, like very cheerful robots still clinging for dear life to this thing. <laughs> Please pull me up. <laughs> Help um, me. Well, being a, a man of science or at least pseudoscience himself, uh, Felix will attempt to at least rescue one of them, but he's not very strong. Well, then I would like Felix to make a strength check to uh, do this. Listen, this is this is just this is just Felix trying to be a nice person. Okay, I mean it's a twelve. A twelve is enough to, uh, with some struggle, get him. <laughs> uh, Jarrell watches you pull up the doppelganger and starts to move toward like the other side of the ship. The opposite the side. The people mover. The opposite oh, the side of mover, the yeah. people mover. That's like this, like essentially sled that we're dragging with the fucking airship. Yeah, he's avoiding the doppelgangers and mostly just trying to calm the people. Yeah, and is it safe to say that we are outpacing the undead at this point? Yes, you are now up to speed and outpacing the undead. Um, the turtle is, for the time being, still a turtle and rapidly fading into the distance and being Good. overtaken by the hordes of undead probably at this point. So, please remind me, I think there was an extraction point that we were taking this people mover to, right? It was like to the, to the water, I think, or something like that? Mm -hmm. Yes, we're going to the southern end of the peninsula, which is going to be a ways away, and I don't think I actually ever covered how long it's going to take to get this contraption there. It was only a couple hours by airship unfettered, but it's going to take a little bit longer with this uh, sled full of people. And considering the terrain, I'm going to call it something like about a 24-hour shift to get down to this um, this um, metaphorical Dunkirk, essentially. For... So, for reference, that's about 45 minutes south of Buffalo? Um, wrong Dunkirk, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> this jokester over here. This jokester. Okay. Um, well, it's quite a long time. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of time. I think, uh, I feel like we're probably going to be doing a couple of, you know, hops forward until we can sort of uh, get to there. But um, so right now we have uh, we have um, Felix who's uh, trying to do a little bit of rescuing, a little bit of making people feel better. We have a Jarrell assiduously avoiding doppelgangers, and probably what else are you doing, Jarrell? I want to make sure that I've healed Bernie, uh, and then I'm taking care of anybody else who might have any injuries. Um, my aura of calming, so that nobody is, is scared. <laughs> They can't be frightened if they're thin. Right, right. Just my presence is making sure that nobody's scared. Nobody, nobody's frightened. They're just deeply concerned. Right, anxious, razzled, maybe. Okay, good to know that Jarrell can be razzled then. 
<laughs> I look so slightly. His goat can occasionally be got. <laughs> and uh, Quinn, what are you up to right now? Yeah, so Quinn is standing um, at the front of the people mover. Handing out business. Uh, almost, well, <laughs> almost in like a Captain Morgan kind of stance. Um, and he is regaling anyone who will listen of stories of heroism About by, none, by none other than Lord Captain Quinn Southland. Mm. Um, and, and I'm assuming I have an audience. Yes. Um, Fran, did you ever have any sort of system for determining if people had heard the good news about Quinn Southwind? Well, here's the, I mean, I, it was, it was, I, 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 I kind of did. I mean, I rolled a uh, 100 on that D100 as yeah. far as like how famous this, you know, made Quinn. Which means 100% famous. Which that means being said, yeah, he, he is at world famous. So, that being um, said, these people have literally been living under a rock, so... Also I don't true. know. Hmm, that, is, that is a good question, and I'm going to call this a 50-50, so we are going to... We'll d20 it, and uh, 1 through... Uh, yeah, 1 through 10, uh, they have been living under a rock for long enough, and 11 through 20, uh, they have heard the good news of the Lord and Captain, and it comes up a 5, so they've been living under a rock for a few months longer than the story of yours has really gotten out. So, it's going to be really weird to them, in retrospect, when they find out that they were here Hearing it direct from the horse's mouth, but right now, they're a little, um, I'd like you to make a, uh, just make me a nominal performance check to see how well you're getting this across. I rolled a 19, uh, so that's a 25 total. Okay, so there's no reason that these people aren't true believers by about 20 minutes in. I mean, you just did rescue them. Like, I mean, come it on. It makes sense for them to believe. I most I certainly say, did. I was going to say they're definitely in a position to believe you, seeing as we did just we did just perform a valiant act of heroism. And, and I'm sure so, that. Go ahead. So I'm, so I'm also like basically kind of slowly trying to get them to also realize they need to spread the word of this story and how Captain Quinn Southwind saved their life. Yeah, you just made a bunch of, course, of new. Of they're fans. not. Yeah, they're not aware that the majority of the work that Quinn did was putting up little streamers and stuff on the people moving. Like, that was the most that he did. That <laughs> I'm, it's you not know what, what you do, it's what you can take credit for. <laughs> I, I, may not be, I may not be as musically talented as Hedrick, but I certainly can, can weave a yarn. A yarn or a story? A yarn, okay. which is also a story. Huh. I thought it was a scarf. Oh <laughs> no, you knit a scarf out of yarn, right? But yes. you don't weave. But you don't weave it. Oh my god, you guys are awful. So <laughs> this, is, this is terrible, and we're just absolutely killing it. Yeah, we're the worst. So <laughs> uh, I'm actually so, gonna, uh, Felix is going to look over at Jarrell since we have 24 fucking hours to go here. Um. Yeah, I feel like we're, you know, just going to make a suggestion. Hey, uh, so, Jarrell, uh, it's, it's plan time. Um, I figure Is it now? each of us should take, like, a shift of just, like, kind of keeping an eye on things while the others rest and, you know, take care of themselves. I'm sure that, you know, there's quite a few injuries around here. We're all kind of still feeling pretty busy. Uh, but, you know, before we do any of the resting thing, uh, were there any questions you wanted to ask uh, 
Ben? They wanted to know. The last time we asked a dead man if he wanted to say anything, it was one of the worst experiences of my entire life. <laughs> I, I Referencing don't. Referencing the, uh, what's it, Chief G.I. Suck? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we brought him back that? to life when he was half a person, and he was just screaming at us. Was I there for that? Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. <laughs> we had a much smaller cast back then. It was easier to know. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, so Jarrell has been pretty off-put by whenever we talk to undead people. Or dead people. Not He's not undead. He's just dead. Dead, dead. Um, so whenever we talk to dead people, um, it hasn't worked out that great. So. But I guess this is a controlled environment. So Jarrell will look at the. It's a bird cage, correct? It's essentially a golden bird cage. Yes. Now, what does the soul look like? Well, it's tr it's the this, the cage itself. Um, hold on, because like I'm gonna actually. F tell you what the exact material component for this was because I remember having to actually have this made. It was I think it's like an un, I think it's like an undead eyeball inside of it. Yeah. Oh, that's what you were doing. Yeah, that's why you held on to that eyeball for so long. Right. So the eyeball is set into like a, a mount inside the cage, and we'll say that the eyeball is glowing because there's currently mm -hmm. something a soul occupying the eyeball. Mm -hmm. So Jarrell will look at it. It's disgusting. Uh, it's macabre, um, okay? Like, <laughs> and you will say, uh, Ben, are you there? Can you hear me? Uh, you have to ask me the questions, and I'll relay them to Ben. Ask ask Ben if he can hear me. <laughs> I guarantee he can hear you. You just need to tell me what you want me to ask him. Let's, let's, let's skip, the, sh let's skip the, the pleasantries here. Are you all right? Um... So Felix will use one of his remaining, you know, one of his remaining uses of the soul of Ben to ask him a question. Uh, so essentially, um, I get a brief telepathic answer from him back, and it only knows what it knew in life, but it must answer answer truthfully and to the best of its ability. The answer is no more than a sentence or two, and might be cryptic. So I will. Did Ben have a voice of some sort? What's that? No. No, we had never established no. what they talk like. Not at all. Okay, good. So I will ask Ben. Hey, Ben, you doing all right? No, I'm dead. He says, no, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, we wouldn't know. Like, Ben wouldn't actually have gone to the Shadowfell at this point. No, he's trapped. Correct? His soul is trapped in this cage. Like, so we don't know if he can even go to the Shadowfell. I mean, correct? the idea is that once I release this soul, or once the spell expires, then yes, it continues to move on. But are souls still going to the Shadowfell? We can't communicate with the Shadowfell. I mean, we don't fucking know, man. That's what I was curious yes, about. You know nothing from the Shadowfell. There is no news from there whatsoever. He was only dead for six seconds, right? And then you took his soul? Yeah, as a reaction, like while he was dying, I literally, like, as his soul was exiting his body, just it just sucked it into this cage. So, so we don't know if he dead, got there. He's not even the good kind of dead yet. Right. So we don't know if he he actually can go to the Shadowfell or not. No. Damn. 
That would have been that would have been my only question, because we can't communicate with the gods. We and, can't communicate with that plane of existence. Yeah. Uh, I can. I mean, hey, if he does manage to get there and somehow, you know, we can tell him, tell him to say something to someone. I'm not sure if you want him to deliver like a letter to your secret admirer. I'm talking about Valen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Ben would be able to make it to Valen personally. No, probably not. But you never know. <laughs> um, it's a crazy world. They ain't gonna yeah. happen. I have nothing else to ask him. It, it, Bernie, would you like to ask him anything? They were friends. Yeah, Bernie. Uh, anything you want to ask your old pal before we send him on his way? Yeah, 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 yes. Uh, 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 ben, um, uh, can I have your stuff? Hey, 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 Ben. Uh, uh, Bernie wants to know if he can have your stuff. Tell Bernie to fuck off. <laughs> uh, Bernie, Ben says absolutely. You were a great friend. <laughs> <laughs> Dibs on his iPod. It's a, te- it's, a te- it's, a, it's a telepathic answer I received, so no one can actually hear the response at all. So you know what? Yeah, Correct. I'm going to let Bernie have his day. He had a brush with death. So you know what? Right. Ben doesn't need that shit no more. Bernie can have it. Yes. Um, because Bernie wants to believe this, there's going to be no deception check involved. I will make it for you if you want me to. You know, well, make it. Let's, let's fish for the one. No, uh, that is Not a one. no. It's a fourteen. Oh yeah, like a two could have done it. Bernie wants to believe you. He's right. not going to scrutinize this pretty deeply. He's not going to all of a sudden have a change of heart. No, it's great. I don't know what their relationship was. I mean, that's the thing, though. You, the, the the status of their relationship is now in your hands, <laughs> Mister DM. It, it, I guess if it matters because i mean these are these are now throwaway characters one of them's dead we're not carrying Two of them we're dead. heavily invested in these random red shirts dave <laughs> okay man now now you can make me the damn deception check i already are you gonna it. tell me that squeaky jim doesn't matter that slippy pete doesn't matter <laughs> yeah I that's how the majority of our characters end up because i feel like you're trying to deceive me here no i'm just yeah. and i already With made that. a deception check dave you can't make me make another one Rocks fall, everyone dies. God damn it. It's been a great week, everyone. If you liked us, see we you later. Yeah, well, yeah, we're done. <laughs> End <of> the podcast. <laughs> what I can't do. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, yeah, are there any further questions for this uh, poor, tortured soul of yours? No. I mean, I don't have any. I was just trying to help some people here get some closure. For. Tell him to tell of my stories in the Shadowfell. Yeah, I'll definitely do that, Quinn. Definitely. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> For the best, they would have been shitty stories at this point. Ooh. Hey. 100%. 100%. Dude, you're going to... We need to get a potion of cure wounds for that burn. This guy's this guy super disgruntled right now. All right. Yeah. Since uh, the 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 grand and wonderful heroism of uh, Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind didn't exactly extend to this guy, so he's not feeling the love. Right. And I'm just gonna. And 
you know, release there, the, release the soul now. There are consequences to all war. Mm-hmm. All right, so that sounds pretty good. Um, we're going to fast forward a little bit, and um, let's say that this all happened. Oh, geez, it probably happened right around the middle of the day. I think we started this uh, caravan, so. We're gonna we're gonna flash forward to about uh, about sunset on this day, where the uh, the uh, passengers are starting to get a little bit restless. We're about six to eight hours into a journey, and they're a little hungry. Um, and I'm almost certain we didn't pack food. We no, didn't not have really. Hmm. Is there any method for us to communicate with the? Um, yeah, remember we the have those actual... two, those somehow two-way communication devices that we don't know exactly know how they work yet. It's okay. The person who uh, rigged them up probably doesn't understand how they work either. Right, but the, if you if you recall, the interns were able to fix whatever that doohickey was and communicate with us. Oh yeah, but I mean, even the Omega Project representative in charge that probably doesn't understand how it works either. Oh yeah, no. No. So, uh, yes, I suppose you could fire that up if you wanted to. How many people are on the people mover? A lot. Oh, jeez, yeah, by at least a hundred. A plethora. Okay. Like, it was, it was, a, it was a big number. Because I can do uh, create food and water, but it specifically says that it's only enough for 15. Right, but um, you could feed 15 at a time. It's a ritual, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's an action. It doesn't have the ritual tag? Oh, no. Purify food and drink does, but create uh, food and water does not. How many uses um, of that do you have? Three. So I would be able to do 45 people, but that's not 100 people. Um, but we do have a pregnant. <laughs> yeah, above, right? <laughs> right. So if we could, uh, Jarrell would send a message... Uh, to the galley and ask if Pregnart could begin uh, sending down some of his delicious soup um, and all the pastries and whatever he has and uh, to, to pass the time while um, Pregnart is doing that uh, Jarrell will use create food and water to make um, maybe hors d'oeuvres because it says for 24 yeah. hours um, so I my guess is that that would require, require like three or four different meals, right? Yeah. So I'm just trying to do one. Yeah, so you might be able to at least like sate some people who are, you know, or at least just like, you know, tag team it so that pregnant doesn't have to like cook so much. Um, right. 45 pounds of food and water means that like each person gets like half a pound of food. And I would, I would say with careful rationing, uh, right. You could turn 45 people's worth of food into 100 people's worth of hors d'oeuvres or something. Some sort of... Uh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like fucking air, uh, airline peanuts. 100 horse duveries. It says specifically that I can, I can feed enough for 15 humanoids for 24 hours total, but I'm just looking to use the 45 pounds of food and 30 gallons of water that it creates... To get us to the next few hours. To suffice, yeah. yeah. Yes, I do, and I think between that and the 
request for the airship to start sending down a large amount of food down a uh, down a very long distance under uncertain circumstances is going to set us up for a really good episode two plot there. <laughs> um, at any point, does the uh, people mover leave the ground? Um, yes, in uh, in uh, some bounces and jumps. It's a little uncomfortable. For the most part, you're staying at ground level or within a few feet of it, though. Like, occasionally, we'll, we'll leave. And we didn't put any shocks on this thing, so that's got to no, be you did not. uncomfortable. It's not fun. People are spilling their peanuts occasionally. Oh, no, the peanuts. All right. So, uh, yeah, uh, Quinn, do you have anything else that you've kind of got going on right now? Or is it more uh, more regaling in storytelling? I think uh, my 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 intention is to keep people calm and to keep them kind of like focused on me so that they're not like bored or frustrated or like starting a riot. Okay, I've got kind of a wild idea. Make me a a constitution check. Okay. I just kind of want to see what your endurance here is because um, this could be a really cool uh, story to tell if you wind up really doing this marathon. Perf- Womp. Wow. Well, okay, so so I, ro- I rolled a one. However, I do have my lucky feet. All right, there we go. You better use your lucky Which I'm, I'm going to use in this ridiculous situation. So I'm going to re-roll my d20. <laughs> to which I rolled a two. <laughs> Jesus, dude. My my. So it's just it's straight up. Is it a Constitution saving throw? No, just a Constitution. So uh, any modifiers you have, but it's not. Well, it's not really a saving throw, but it would probably ta- add up like one. Okay. Um, so if I'm using my saving throw, then it's an eight. An eight, okay. You're kind of dragging a little bit in some places, but you're you're carrying it forward. Okay, that was really sad. Yeah, <laughs> like the show goes on. Like you're you're struggling a little bit, but you know you know that you you cannot let these people down. And you're fighting through. You're fighting it through for the people. And this They're is going to be look, this is going to be a performance they talk about for years. I'm, I'm doing it. Bored. I'm doing it for them. Yes. The kids are falling asleep. I'm suffering, but I'm doing it for them. <laughs> He's suffering for his art, folks. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. All right. So the people are getting fed. They're slightly entertained, I guess. Yes, they're, they're being somewhat entertained. Uh, they're they're being fed. They're staying relatively, you know. They're in order. They're not freaking out. It's you know nothing bad's going on here. Yeah, thankfully we have Hedrick. It's not a good time, but it's not a bad time. Yeah, and we've got Hedrick probably doing the heavy lifting with the music. You know. Hey, did we have to bring that up? He's not even here. (laughs) No, but not rolling means he can't roll a two. (laughs) But he can't roll at all. Yes, but I can't take the confidence assign him a two. (laughs) All right. Let's say it was an eight, okay? Yes, you are correct. Hamana, 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 hamana. All right. Um, so, do we have like torches and yeah. stuff on the side of the ship? 
I don't think so. Curious. No, not yet. So, um, it, it, yeah, that's that's sort of a good idea. It is starting to get a little bit dark out. There's nowhere really for people to rest. They kind of just have to sit through this. If anything, but we the darkness just, encroaches. Yeah, we should probably just put a dim light inside rather than outside. I don't really want to expose us as a large. You know, even I, even though I'm sure you can already see the airship flying as night falls, I'd rather we be generating as little attention for ourselves as possible until we actually get close to the extraction point. So, like, you know, we could use, like, minor magic, you know what I mean, to, like, just create uh, some very, like, very dim light. You know, mood lighting. Dim light? Wow. Um... All right. I only have minor illusion and press the digitation, though. I guess I could maybe use a minor illusion to make the illusion of like a small oil lamp in the center of the ship that gives off a very, very dim light. Dim light. <laughs> the worst. So, um, there does seem to be, and um, what part of the what part of the people or mover are you guys on? I should probably establish that first. I mean, there are multiple parts. I feel like we're kind of just walking the halls, the, the hall itself, right, that separates the two, like, sides where, like, the pods are, yeah. essentially. Because we kind of describe this thing as, like, an egg carton, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So it was very much like that. Yeah. So, um, a, um, in the opposite set of uh, pods, uh, sort of at the far end of the ship, let's say you guys happen to be at the stern. It's sort of at uh, what would be the bow on the port side, um, if this were nautical. We're, I guess we can treat it like it is. There's a bit of a commotion. <sighs> well, Sounds like some, uh, some anger, a little bit of yelling. Let's go check it out. Can't have any, can't have any infighting here. We need to get all back in one piece. Yes. Um, so I'm going to gather the fellas, and if they don't object, we're going to go over there. Sure, I'll right. go with you. I'll go in as a group. Okay, uh, excellent. So everybody arrives as a group to see um, there are a couple of uh, angry adults, um, uh, both uh, both uh, gentlemen, sort of, uh, sort of uh, between their uh, late 20s and early 30s, you know, old enough to think that they know a lot of stuff and young enough to still be properly belligerent. And uh, they seem to be... Uh, a bit angry and are yelling in the uh, direction of uh, the two boys, but they're sort of being held back by some of the other people. They seem to be very agitated, uh, yelling things like, Why did we ever let you bury us underground? Look at us, we're being chased by zombies. You must have caused this. Where was that friendly professor from the other side of town? And, uh... You know, some of the people are starting to uh, sort of agree with them. Like, uh, what's what's going on here? They got sort of dragged uh, dragged underground, uh, almost unbeknownst to them, uh, in a very quick sort of fashion, and then dragged back above ground. And the apocalypse is sort of happening right in front of everybody. People, people, it's okay. Let's settle down for a minute, because this undead situation had nothing to do with these two boys here. Okay. This... Oh, what? Did it come from then? No, it's coming from the Crucible Lands, where there's thousands upon thousands of undead. We, as a adventuring party, the heroes of Telduria, have fought them at many of the different borders to the Crucible Lands. We've, we've, you know, this... I ain't never seen one of them before. 
And then what do we got? We got nothing but your word that you guys are some sort of heroes or something? I mean, we got this celebrity up at the front. What is this all some sort of publicity stunt? Publicity stunt. The nerve. Accepting publicity. We just rescued you and your people. And you're saying that we did this for publicity? Listen, good sir. I don't mean to offend by saying this, but you don't look a gift horse in the mouth, okay? Like, you're safe because of these kids, that professor, and us. We fed you. We're bringing you to safety. Like, the world is fucked, okay? And, like, we're just trying to do something right here, and now you want to say that it's our fault. Like, that's some grade-A projection there, bucko. Uh, let's, sure, let's make a persuasion against an insight for this guy. And Jarrell will be helping Felix, who, of course, already has insane persuasion. <laughs> so how are you helping him? Uh, pretty much just by being a giant fucking knight with awesome armor and a massive glowing sword that should be enough to, to, uh, just to, like, to show how heroic we are. Right, and I'm I'm nodding and you know all just helping is in in that kind of fashion. Okay, eighteen. And it is an a uh, modified ten on this guy's side. So yeah, mm-hmm. like. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm sorry, man. We're we're all just stressed out, but I'm I'm, I'm just saying we just we, we never saw none of this stuff before, and all of a sudden, you know, you guys roll into town, and now all of a sudden the zombies are here, and I'm just saying it's a little it's a little convenient, is all, you know. I can understand the association, but trust me when I say that we hadn't seen them before until like maybe a few months ago when we happened upon them at Last Wall. We managed to actually defend Last Wall from these guys entering in. It seems like. They found another way in. So, that's what I'm saying. So, we just happen to get so lucky as to get the greatest heroes in the world to show up on our doorstep right at the exact moment we need them. Well, we were sent here by the Omega Project. Not just the Omega Project. The entire country. No, 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 no. Don't even try to pass that crap on off to me because I know damn well, and you know damn well, everybody around here knows damn well the Omega Project cannot do a damn thing when it tries to do it. They've never been on time once for a damn thing in their entire project existence. As a representative of the Omega Project, I resemble that remark. But. <laughs> but. We, were, we weren't sent here to save you. We were sent here to save uh, that man. I will, uh, is the professor in the audience? No, you guys never picked up the professor. Right, because he did that crazy time magic explosion thing that actually ended up. Hines? Yeah. Ended up. Oh, we didn't end up with Heinz. Oh shit! No, he he might you might he, he probably wouldn't have done that if you guys had uh, extracted him from the tower. But nobody ever thought to go back to get and him. And actually, what's funny is that our primary mission was to get him. So yes, yeah. uh, he diverted you guys on the mission to get the boys, and you have the boys. But yes, you are a short one, Doctor Heinz, which true. is good on my vocal cords, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, what I will say, though, is, um... Oh, shit. We done fucked up. Well... I could have... Oh, we got Heinz. We have two We have two magical prodigies with us, so, like, yeah, we may not yeah. have Heinz, but we have... You know, it's a two-for-one. That's how I'm gonna sell it, okay? <laughs> but I'm gonna also remind the people... We have- 
Are we are we about to to literally like sell off these children? No, we're not going to sell them. I told them we, we there's an incredible opportunity. It is their choice whether they actually want to do anything with it or not. Either way, they had to come with us because their home was just overrun by the undead. So it's their decision. Uh huh. But I mean, I'm just I'm encouraging them to make the decision. If you give if you give a child an apple and you say you can eat this or not. Not really a choice. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. They could choose not to eat the apple. Okay, dude, like, listen to me. All right, I'm just... We're just... Dr. Hines said that these kids <laughs> were worth their snuff. And, uh, okay, that sounds wrong, because now it just sounds more like I'm trying to sell these kids. Okay, so... I, I also think you just related them to snuff, but, you know, cool. I'm going to shut up now and remind the people here that... Uh, it wasn't just the Omega Project that sent us. It was also the entire, like the entirety of the Southern Kingdoms, came together in a summit and deemed that this was a, a, a mission worth doing. To save the doctor. To save the, the people. To save the doctor that you guys didn't to save. To save the people is what I'm saying, Quinn. We came here to save the people. Were they really saved? Okay, with whatever. Okay. A dead. Oh, yeah, actually, they really were. They weren't ripped apart by a mindless horde of zombies. So, I, yeah, that counts. <laughs> um, I also just realized, and I, I just remembered, uh, one of characters, one of Felix's features is that he doesn't require sleep anymore. So I could take a long rest, but still, like, you know, just post up and make sure nothing crazy happens if y'all want to... Yeah, and I think this is a good time to take the long rest on sort of the overnight. And um, I would put us after this sort of at the, uh, you know, 6, 8 a.m. sort of time frame, about eight hours from when we would arrive. Okay. We're going to take it as read that the food eventually did get down, but I want to tell that story later, maybe in the next episode somewhere, because that sounds like a fun thing. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's a long rest montage. Um, long rest montage. montage. Rocking up and down on this people mover montage. Felix doesn't need to sleep, so he's got his eyes wide open montage. <laughs> so, yeah, there probably shouldn't need to be a whole lot that you guys need back from uh, the long rest here anyway. Um, I can use Soul Cage again. Well, hopefully there's no need. No, but I mean, I'm just saying I can't. Anyway, so the new day has risen and uh, things are uh, chugging along. Uh, you can definitely see lots of smoke in the distance, both to the east and the west, as you guys uh, continue to travel in what is essentially a southerly direction down the peninsula here. That's not good. No, it's definitely a, um, a more dire sight than uh, you would have expected at this time uh, last night. Do we have any kind of like periscopic device where we can see? I have kind of a familiar. Ah, oh, that, that counts. Should we check to see what those area, what's going on in those areas? Question: How fast is the people mover going? The people mover is uh, going at the same clip that it was before. Um, trying to think um because i haven't really established that it was enough to get down the peninsula in about 24 hours so yeah so we're like, gonna say about the equivalent of 40 miles an hour so if i were to summon slim as a pseudo dragon 
with a fly speed of 60 feet, if I had her dashing 120 feet, would she be able to keep up with the people mover? Crap, now i got to do math. Um, I'm going to say she can and skip the math, because it makes better storytelling. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to find... Now, these are very close like closely confined quarters here so I, I, just because like the ritual of summoning slim can be maybe a little unsettling for some i want to try to find somewhere where i can draw the least amount of attention to perform the ritual to resummon her as a uh, pseudo dragon can i cast invisibility on you i mean it ends as soon as i start casting a spell so that's not going to help me it ends when oh no when you do yeah. you're right sorry it's fine. I mean, I just want to, like I said, I'm just going to maybe just make my way to the to the, the very back well, of this thing. I can cast greater invisibility on you. I mean, do you want to burn the slot? No. Not or really. you can slip into one of the makeshift lavatories at the back. Oh, wow, we had time to make one of those? It's basically a two-by-two two room with a hole in the floor. Perfect. That's all I need. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go in there. And... Um, yeah, summon Slim, you know, encanting the host spell, taking about ten minutes to do so. And then out she pops as a pseudo-dragon instead of the gazer I had her as before. Mm-hmm. That's definitely uh, less unsettling to uh, any uh, viewers uh, who may be seeing the pseudo-dragon. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to send her outside of the people mover and up. So she can kind of, like, follow along probably about, let's say, 90 feet above the uh, people mover. And just okay. Kind of, yeah. Just kind of looking both ways, and I'm gonna be looking through her eyes. Okay, so it it looks like um the um the uh, front that's heading south among the undead is sort of uneven. And it looks like uh, the area around uh, you guys had been slowed significantly. So uh, the the pursuing forces behind you have not been able to catch up but some of the others have been able to make up some ground during the night and have sort of gotten at least close to parallel with you guys on either side, maybe about two miles out, and both to the east and to the west. So it doesn't look like the airship itself is in any danger, but you may be reaching the gates of the extraction right around the same time as a lot of awful things. Yikes. Okay, um, I will quietly relay this to Jarell and Quinn and Hedrick. Should we begin fi- firing again? No. That alarm no, people? No. I don't think we can even reach two miles with one of those things. Let's try to just... Yeah, let's just try to, you know, continue this clip we're at as best as we can. Now, do you relay this information to anybody other than the uh, four of you? Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and assume that above, they can see that. Because if Slim can you, see you it... You make assumptions about how things are run on the airship, but okay. Um, I'll tell Jarrell to communicate that upstairs. I wish Jarrell will do, uh, using... Um the communication device and being as quiet as he possibly can. So, yes, you do whisper it up as quiet as you can, and there is maybe about a 20-second pause before the comlink crackles to life. 
Oh, yeah. Jed Dim is flying in the danger zone. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. We see these enemies to either side. They're to the left of us and they're to the right of us. They can't get away from us now. Yeah. No. Oh, boy. So, yes. So, as much as you're whispering it in, it comes blaring out of the comm link. And um, I just want to make a little check on my side. <laughs> Also, the, they can't oh, get away. It, oh, God. Yeah, I just wanted to see how loud it came up. So, yeah, there are some people around who have uh, sort of heard that. You guys are definitely in the danger zone. And uh, those words are uh, definitely uh, starting to go around from pod to pod. Not so much what it means, but there's a zone of danger, and you are in it. Yeah, and apparently Jed thinks that, you know, they can't get away from us. Which is not oh, the right yeah, attitude. Hey, get us surrounded on all sides. They can be 23 of us to one, but all that means is that I can advance in any direction. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a general discomfort, and people know that something is on the horizon, but, um,. Well, at least the intrepid pilot of the airship seems to think that not only is everything all right, but things are better now than they would have been otherwise, because there will eventually be something to fire at. Right. Yeah, the, like, I mean, my whole thing was hoping we got there before there was anything that was available to fire at. And it's pretty, we're pretty much running at full steam, right? Oh, yeah, we were running at full steam, but we were definitely feeling a little bit of drag, yeah. If you got anything that could lower the friction on the bottom of that cart, that would be much appreciated. We could open up the engines a little more and really blast it out of here, yeah. Does anybody have a levitation spell? Not that can levitate this fucking thing. Pregnant could animate it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. I think this is actually too big for that. This is bigger than a gazebo. He could animate a huge object. I would. But oh well. Isn't this like kind of gargantuan though? It's uh, it's pretty big. Um, <laughs> well, there might be some ways to unconventionally uh, do something here. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything I can do necessarily to speed up how fast we're moving. Yeah, I don't think me charming this thing or blasting a bunch of stuff is going to help anyone, so. Quinn? Ooh, yeah, it sounds like we're going to have to do this the hard way, yeah. Get everybody ready because we're going to start smashing some pole poles into the... That's not how he would say it, though. <laughs> <laughs> that is maybe how he would say it. <laughs> um, Except that this happened before the Carter phone decision, yeah. And old Jed Dim, he's not very familiar with modern telephony, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, uh, we will make a quick announcement to the people to please fasten your seatbelts as this ride is about to get a little bumpier. 
oh yes, and this ride is about to get bumpier. I mean, we, we're going to fast forward things just a little bit, maybe about four hours from the gates and the pace is starting to quicken and uh, hearts are starting to race a little bit and there are explosions from the trees as the oncoming smoke is getting a little bit closer and it sounds like the airship is beginning to fire. Oh. So can can we see... Of- loud thuds and uh, clods of dirt flying up into the air and uh, smoke visible through the sparse trees. Can we see the undead at this point? It's difficult to see the undead, mostly because you guys are low enough where there aren't a ton of trees. It's, uh, it's, um, It's still easy enough to move around, but your vision in that sort of horizontal line is a little bit obscured. But you okay. can hear the... Uh, the blasts and thuds getting ever closer. Alright. Horrifying. It's uh, it's starting to pick up a little bit. There's uh, there's a little bit of intensity to things. All we can really do right now is just try to keep things to maybe a mildly anxious panic rather than a full-blown riot on this uh, people mover. So. Well, nobody near me is frightened. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Just huddle, uh, every, so just huddle everyone around Jarrell. Right. No. This may be challenged in the oncoming in the uh, coming minutes as um, five Grave Titans sort of blast into the clearing behind the ship or behind the people mover. They're a ways behind, but they're uh, running their uh, their darndest to try to catch up. They're a pretty good clip. Hmm. That's no bueno. There's definitely probably some concern coming from the folks at the back. Yeah. Um, Jarrell goes to the back. He grabs the communication device and uh, says, fire on that gigantic monstrosity to have them focus their fire on the three that are charging at us. Oh, you got a targeting solution. Danger close. And boom, as uh, the entire area behind the ship blasts and the five Grave Titans are vaporized behind you. Awesome. Well, I mean, good to know an entire armada of these things could actually be quite deadly for the undead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, this is great. (laughs) Yeah, it it would be nice for people, you know, to be able to, you know, at least show a vision of some sort of big apocalyptic battle between an armada of airships with with, uh, some uh, magical cheating going on versus limitless numbers of uh, zombies. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I'll settle for telling the small stories about the people and the escapes, and uh, well, about you folks on board this thing who uh, who are rapidly approaching your destination. We are rapidly approaching that destination. Yes. Not long after uh, that explosion, the call comes down from aboard the ship. Oh, yeah, we're coming up on the gates. Get people ready. We're going to be blasting through. Yeah. You might not have an opportunity for them to open up the gates, so we might have to just go break it on through to the other side, as they say. Oh, God. Uh, Let's brace the front of this thing somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Do you guys have any potential solutions that might uh, cushion the blow on this? Um, Anything you can whip up in the next uh, 10 game minutes. Maybe. No. <laughs> I can I can make them like the front of the ship a magical weapon. I don't know if that'll necessarily help. Wait, you can make the front of the ship a magical weapon? 
I can make one non-magical weapon become a magical weapon. So if we're using the front of the ship as a battering ram, <laughs> it can become a magical battering ram. But, well then. Um, I could also... Uh, no, I can't do that. That's probably the, uh, the, the most creative use for magic weapon I think I've heard. <laughs> I like that a lot. That was pretty good. It's probably the best thing we've got, honestly, because all of my yeah. shit is not applicable to this whatsoever. If we don't mind for, uh, I have an idea that might uh, have this episode end soon. If we're, uh, we are, we're, a couple of we're actually perfect on time right now. Fantastic. Yep. Okay, good. So, um, all right, good. I want to kind of count us back into it. If you can do us a clean tell of uh, wanting to use uh, of uh, what you're intending to do with the front of the ship. Okay. So uh, three, two, one, and we're back on. Uh, so really, the only thing Jarrell can think to do is uh, use magic weapon, <laughs> um, using the front of the ship as a magical uh, battering ram <laughs> to try to get through the gate. Yeah, That's we're just taking a liberty to just suggest that the front of this people mover is a battering ram. All right, so. I am 150% certain that this is absolutely not what uh, wizards had in mind when they wrote the text <laughs> for this spell. Is but hey, let me put it out there. Hey, uh, Jeremy, Mike, uh, anybody from uh, Watsi, anybody in the earshot, can you hear me? Uh, should I not do this? You can edit in a sound of crickets in here, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, good. So since I've heard nothing from any of these people, we're going to go ahead and we're going to beat the shit out of the rule of cool here. And you, um, as uh, as you do, whatever it is you do, uh, how do you do this? I want you to be a little descriptive here because I feel like this is a good moment. I have, I have a question. <laughs> um, I have an answer. It does, so magic weapon, I would take a non-magical weapon and make it a plus one magical weapon, correct? Yes. Uh, elemental weapon means a plus one weapon gets <laughs> fire, lightning, or thunder damage on top of that. Oh my god. <laughs> Could okay. I make it a uh, magic elemental weapon? Okay, sure so what we sort of wreckage are you looking to leave behind when you crash through the gates of what I assume is a friendly installation? That's also true. No. They're they're currently uh, also evacuating that area as well, right? This is probably like the last ships out of this town, right? Um, if if they weren't intended to be before, they will be soon. Yes. So they're not going to need that gate anymore. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, we were going to crash into it anyways. I, I just want to yes, make sure we I make it through on one blow. Okay. I mean, I I don't want to argue. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy who's like, are you sure? But I'm I'm going to, are you sure you here? Um, I think that are you sure means maybe don't double down and just make it magical. Yeah, so Jarrell just touches the front of the ship and it starts to glow with this big blue magical energy. Big blue magical energy? <laughs> yes, it does. Is the entire... Um, the entire uh, front of the ship. You're not the bow spirit because I feel like uh, this was a little hastily assembled for that. But um, so the front of uh, how the keel goes uh, down the front of the boat, that uh, that spine there starts to glow with a uh, charged blue force. Charged blue and force. Yes. Oh the whole front of the ship is enveloped with it, and it sparks to life just in time as you blast forth out of uh, the final clearing to this 
100 yard dash to the gate and it's uh, looking like some sort of mad dash as a couple of zombies are starting to plow forth from the trees on either side just the few that could escape no real grave titans here just your uh, regular average body size dudes and this ship continues to plow forward as uh, as the distance closes 50 yards to make this more dramatic 40. to make this more dramatic yes. felix is felix is firing eldritch blasts out of the back of the ship at some of the zombies Yes, and uh, we can see the Eldritch Blast zipping out of the back of the ship, blasting into uh, however many uh, they become at once as he's uh, firing them at his level. Three. And, I imagine uh, I imagine the ship like running over carts and like destroying sides of buildings as we drag it down. There are so towards. many buildings outside of the gates here, but the cobblestone street is absolutely getting torn up. Bricks are getting just shot off to the sides and into the distance as they are being ripped from the ground by the magically enhanced prow of this ship. We call that... We're now about uh, 30 yards away from the gate. I say, we call that difficult terrain. So... <laughs> it's difficult terrain, but right now the terrain is what's having the difficult time. <laughs> so we're about 20 yards away. Anybody got any last things we want to do here? Um, brace nope, for impact. Uh, Bracing for impact at 10 yards. 5, 4, 3, 2... And that's where we're going to end this episode as uh, as the uh, ship plows into the gates with a resounding crash. And if you like us and you like my awful cliffhangers, you can find huh. us on the internet. We're in such places as Reddit slash r slash hapless heroes. We are on uh, we're on Instagram, hapless heroes podcast. We're on Facebook, hapless heroes podcast, and we are on twitter at hapless heroes all of these places will take you to the crown jewel of our internet presence our discord server where we have been spending our days our quarantine my time at work is still at work because some of us are essential like that but we also find it very essential to stay in touch with you our audience and you can reach us there we're always there to hang out plenty of different uh channels to discuss your different uh your different discussing needs and if uh, your needs involve uh really liking us and maybe uh donating to our patreon uh you can do so and you could get access to a special donors uh patreon channel wow wait now, a, if you wait to skip right to patreon i know i was going to double back into that but it felt like a really good uh segue there that's fair maybe i'm just trying to up my segue game i don't know but uh, if you do really, really like us, you could leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. We are on any service that will accept our podcast at this point. Any any of the podcast services major, we're there. And if you're hearing us, you already know where to find us. Yeah. And if you love us, like us, right now you like us, Sally Field and the whole deal, build yourself a giant gigantic radio wave transmitting satellite dish and project the sounds of our podcast into deep space so that people in you know other creatures in the galaxy may pick it up and listen to us and become fans from a galaxy far far away yeah yeah that's that's wonderful and actually really wholesome and I can't really do much with that besides outro our cast because that's that's just all we can do at this point. So we're going to go in reverse order as uh, we went in, and we will uh, outro ourselves starting with uh, the Lord and Captain Quinn Southland, portrayed by Mike. I am amazing. 
And to uh, what uh, what I would consider his left as Lord Jarrell the Light, we have John. Take that, Gate! And to his left is the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom, we have Francesca. I'm too short for this! And my name is Dave, I've been your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. It's so good to be back, and uh, we, yeah, we get to continue uh, these adventures next week. Bye-bye now. Bye. See ya. So long. Sayonara. Mike, waving at the camera, people can't hear that. Don't tell them I did that. (laughs) (laughs) And we're done. We're done.